Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And thanks for tuning in today. We've had so many like reviews lately, people reaching out to us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Continue to do that. We Would love you please? It. We love getting affirmation. We love getting the text, the instant messages, and we love seeing the reviews that are left on Apple or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. And we appreciate the feedback because we know that as we go through things, it relates to many of you who are listening and you recognize that we're on the same journey with you and we appreciate it a lot. Seriously. Yeah. I think that's the biggest piece of feedback that I enjoy the most is people telling us how much we are relatable that yes, we're pastors, but we have the same struggles going through the same crap. And I think people appreciate that. Yeah. So share this on your socials, text it to somebody, share it with the people that you know, be like, Hey, check out these people in Louisville area. Yeah. Boom. Question of the week. What we got? Well, you just got back from vacation. Yep. You went to Hilton Head. What is the best family vacation? And was it this past week? We've had a lot of good vacations um, since my kids were born. But I will say this past week was the best family vacation this we've is ever one been of on. those of what? History is revision or whatnot? That... Uh, yeah, the revisionist history. No, I think for us, it was the perfect blend of rest but also with enough, enough activity where we were doing fun stuff. The boys had a blast. The weather was perfect, mm-hmm. like 82 and sunny every day, which made you want to just sit out in the sun. You felt like you were really having, tan. yeah, I know I'm a little, little red though. You were having <laughs> great beach days, got in the ocean, but it wasn't too hot where you had to stay inside and felt like you needed the air conditioning. Like you can go out and we biked and putt putt and golf. And man, I took my boys, um, shark fishing hmm. out in the ocean dude all of them caught something too like it was awesome malachi What'd caught this six foot bull shark um took him like 15 20 minutes i got the video pictures i probably okay this might be something that we need to talk about a little bit uh to get going and i don't know why i'm like this but i have a hard time posting pictures and things fun things exciting things that i get to be a part of or my family gets to be a part of on social media why is that is it because you feel, feel that people like, will judge you for having a good time as yes. a pastor? Or like, hey, where'd you get the money to do that? Yeah, a little bit. Or <laughs> I, I'm glad he's able to take off and take his kids. Like, I, I wish I could do that. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's all with those voices. Voices. They're in the back of my head all the time. We're going to talk and, about that today. Okay, so maybe we'll unpack it a little bit later. But yeah, Titus got this little hammerhead shark, this little baby. It was like so much fun. I think that's a moment those boys, my boys, will never forget. And I know I won't forget it. And they had a blast. I had a blast. What other sharks Great did week. you catch? Some lemon sharks. Never even, even heard a lemon shark. Yeah, I don't know. A couple bull sharks. Man, yeah. Maybe I'll post Hammerhead? pictures. Hammerhead, bull sharks, and I think one lemon Any shark. Any great whites? No great, great whites. I said whites. Great. We had a white time. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. How did you get the six-foot bull shark on the boat? Dude, did, our you, did you get it in the boat? Captain Herb. Oh yeah, dude. Well, Those things you're are fighting mad with these sharks to get them on like 15 to 20 minutes. Like I was fighting one for almost a half an hour, like getting it close to the boat. It would take off and run and you have the drag set. So it doesn't snap the line and you just wear them out. So by the time they get up to the boat, they kind of bring them up and they float for a little bit, man, the captain just reached down under like the dorsal fin and grabbed it and just flopped it up on the boat. And it just went crazy. It went, so it was going nuts on the boat. Oh, Did you guys have to crazy. like clear out? So oh yeah. Like, he told us, Hey, get on the other end of the boat when he gets it on. Cause it just flaps around and goes was it crazy. Like, 
using its mouth. To, I just did some biting motions, <laughs> but this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> was uh, it like gnawing, I mean, not gnashing really. its teeth? No, not really. I mean, it wasn't a great white. But bull sharks are also aggressive and very dangerous, though. Yeah, maybe man, the teeth on some of them things. Was it was wicked. it gnashing its teeth? Um, no, just the look of them. Man, they're just, just gnarly. I saw the picture and I was like, the eyeballs. It's frightening. All right, yeah, I'll post some of them. What post about it. you? Uh, Favorite man. family vacation? There's there's a lot. It's it feels weird because you know that was your first time in Hilton Head with your family. Yeah, it's almost time. like family vacations have to be like new and different. We do a family vacation every year. And it's the same, and I love it. It's my favorite. It's going up to my parents' cottage up in northern Michigan, right on, on Lake on Lake Michigan. Right on Lake Michigan. It's beautiful. It's secu- secluded. There's things to do. Usually, it's the only time all my brothers and and nephews get together, and so it's it's just a lot of fun. But it's it's also like probably tied with the houseboat trip we take. You yeah. go you go with my family. We go for like three days down to Lake Cumberland. That's one of my favorite trips of all time too, just because. Again, the people, if houseboats are just interesting. Yeah. Something you, about waking up on the water. You have to experience it. Some people aren't about it. Some people rather have a lake house. It's, I don't know if I could do it all the time. I don't know if I could like own one, but to do it for like those three or four days, it's, a, it's like yeah. one of my favorite times. Yeah. Yeah. You're always too. on the water. Yeah. That's a great trip with family. It but is. also I think for you, the, the Michigan trip, just having all your brothers who live all over the country now mm-hmm. just together in one spot, you know. There's a lot of nostalgia it with yeah. it. They yeah. also have these cherry donuts, and I'll never give them up no matter how crazy of my yeah. food diets. For real, I'm waiting for that invite up to Michigan. And if Well, I come, we were going to do I it, honestly, and then COVID happened. I know, and, and I haven't got the invite again. Well, then we remodeled the cottage. But this, I only want to go for cherry donuts. I, I know, but I didn't know. even get to go this past <laughs> summer because it was under remodel. Oh, it's all good. So what are we talking about today? So man, we did a we're doing a sermon series as our church called Voices in the Dark. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so all month, it's the month of October and this is Halloween month. People start getting out their spooky, scary costumes, they're decorating their house in cobwebs and really just getting into Halloween and we just thought it'd be great to just title a sermon series Voices in the Dark, right? People are already thinking about sc- spooky, scary things. And a lot of times the voices that we listen to can be scary, can Mm -hmm. be a little bit spooky as far as maybe we're believing lies or we're following um, maybe someone's opinion of us, or maybe we're just our own worst critic. And we're trying to train ourselves through this series to make sure we're listening to the right voices in our life. And so, yeah, we just a little play on words, a little play on the month and just trying to come up with something fun. Yeah. And speaking of Halloween, next week we are going to do a controversial podcast around Halloween, <laughs> even though I don't think it's controversial yeah, I was at say, all. It's but... not really. We're just going to talk about the history, the origin, where it came from, and uh, debunk maybe some myths about it. For sure. But the last couple weeks we've been talking about disappointment, uh, our frustrations, our disappointments in life. Last week we even talked about conquering the spirit of disappointment. And so since we are in the sermon series, Voices in the Dark, and since we talked about disappointment, before we dive into just a couple, you know, points that we've got on voices and the voices that you listen to and the voices that you either succumb or overcome in your life, where are you at with what we've talked about the last couple of weeks? Because I've had a lot of feedback from people talking right. about how much they appreciated, how much they related to it. Um, I've had several people ask me if I'm okay, <laughs> like, 
dude, I found, I, I can't believe you're in a spirit of disappointment and like, how can I help? And it's like, ah, I right. don't know if there's anything you can do to help. I was just sharing it. And honestly, from sharing it, I'm in a much better headspace this week. Uh, just even telling people, well, yeah. you and, and then people listening. <laughs> yeah. And how people can relate. It's just yeah. a little bit freeing and it does help even our process. And mm-hmm. I know it did for me. And, but where are you today? Okay, well, bef- well, hold on just a second, because I also want to let our listeners know that that episode on disappointment from two weeks ago, I think had the most downloads in one week mm-hmm. compared to any other episode we've ever released. And so it was very relatable. And yes, I had more people that week reach out to me than I've ever had from a podcast as well. And so... It just helps to know people are in the same season and that you've been sitting with some disappointment maybe. And I appreciate you letting me know that. And right now, like you, I would say I'm in a pretty good headspace. And on vacation last week, I actually got to think about it a little bit more and not necessarily come up with where maybe the root of it comes from. But also in this disappointment piece, I think most of it comes from just being unsatisfied. Hmm. And it's not like okay, let's use the church world. It's not like maybe we could come to some number and then I'll be satisfied because I honestly think no matter what that looks like, there's a piece of me that still won't be satisfied. In my relationship with Melanie, we have a great marriage. I feel like we do, but there's still this unsatisfaction piece. And I don't know if anything or what can possibly change that. And Mm -hmm. so I have been sitting in a little bit of understanding this dissatisfaction piece. And of course, then when you talk about being unsatisfied, you have to talk about uh, contentment mm-hmm. and, and how maybe that's just, maybe that is the root of it. I'm just not content. And I don't think, I don't know what can happen in my life, whether it's church, my marriage, relationships, people, whatever, that will finally make it possibly, you know, where I'm content. And that's what I'm still trying to, kind of root through discover. Yeah. And I don't know, again, that's not necessarily the root. I don't know what the root is or why I'm not content yeah. because from outside perspectives. And when I have conversations about what my life, um, what I'm doing right now in life, man, people are like, man, you, you got it incredible, right? Like you should be not just content, man. You should be like excited and over the moon. And part of me is, but there's still this dissatisfaction piece that I got to really it's going to just take some time, right? It's a process. I can't figure it out in a week, two weeks, maybe a month, but I'm in, I'm in the journey to figure it out. I think that comparison piece that you just talked about is so interesting, but such a challenge to me personally is you never really know what people are going through. And so from your perception, you can see them, Oh, their life seems amazing. The vacations, their home, the car, whatever materialistic bullcrap we put judgments on people for, which we need to come back to you feeling scared to post stuff online because I think that's a great talking point. But I think it's also a reminder for us that you never really know what people are going through. You never know the debt that people are accumulating to get the things that you're jealous about. You never really know that marriage that seems like they have it all together is is really falling apart and they're weeks away from divorce papers. Like you never really know. And I think giving people that, that, that grace to process that grace and, and space, grace and space to process. I love that of, really just challenged me, honestly, because people from the outside, your brother always reminds me, Daniel always reminds oh, me all the yeah. time. You have it a great, you got a great wife, you got a great life. And it's like, you know what? I do have it great, 
But you also have to address some of the hard things that uh, probably it's just voices in my head of the discontentment or the disappointments and whatnot. But let's seriously, yeah, let's talk about that judgment piece because I think it, it would be good. I have a couple notes here, but we can screw Yeah, it. so I think it goes back to like this inner judge, right? No one necessarily has reached out and commented on any pictures or videos that I've put out there of my family or vacations or, you know, whatever I want to put out. No one has never negatively um, said anything or critiqued or criticized. So it's my own internal judge mm-hmm. saying you can't put this out. You can't show people that you're, you're loving life and experiencing all these great things. And I think part of it is too, is because I know being a pastor, people come to me with what they're going through, their struggles, how their marriages are falling apart. And like, and I carry a lot of that. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's also, and I know I shouldn't, but there's a little piece of me that kind of feels bad for taking the vacation or posting my, you know, date night pics or, you know, whatever of us swimming in our backyard in our pool and all these things, because I'm thinking, man, so many of my friends are struggling right now or going through whatever they're going through. And here I am making it seem or appear like everything's great. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, it's not going to really matter either anyway. So let's just hold back. Let's not post. Let's not put any pictures or videos out there. So I get that perspective, but do you think it's a financial piece? Is financial for me, the biggest? For that's me, for no. Me. I know that is for you, but honestly, it's not. And it, and it's really not. I don't care if people think, oh, look at look at Pastor Shannick and, you know, church overpays him or he's taken. I've heard the, I've heard all those jokes. It don't bother me. Like I play ball with a group of guys every week. And um, I think I pulled up in not my Jeep. I don't know what I, I was telling them I was going on vacation or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess you took a little a, extra out of the offering plate last Sunday. <laughs> and just little jokes like that. I don't care. Like that stuff honestly doesn't bother me. Um, it's just the, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe I need to dig in that up further. Yeah. You want to dig in right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you ask me questions because I really don't know how to get there. I don't know why I don't, but I don't. Well, has anybody ever said anything to you when you posted stuff or is it seriously just an inner voice? It's mostly just an inner voice. Yeah. So yeah. where where is the judgment coming from for yourself? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because like, well, like for instance, this is, I came back from family vacation. I got probably 20 amazing pics of Melanie and Savannah and with the boys and on the beach. And I got all those shark pictures and I wanted to put them out, but I'm like, mm, no, I don't know if I, and maybe it goes back to, I don't want people to know my business. Well, that's a different story, and I'm kudos to like you. What don't doing. post it. Screw that. Don't post it. Why? Because people don't need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Because I, th- but I t- but I but I give power probably to a few, maybe even I give power to like imaginary things, like people, like sure these judgments that people might have, or what if someone criticizes, or what if someone does say something, and so I give power to that instead of allowing people that know me and love me into my life a little bit more. And that will celebrate with me. I I give too too much power to the wrong thing. Well, Mikey preached this past week and she said, your perception of me doesn't have to be my reality, but you've created a perception of yourself and it made it your reality. Yeah. That's why I don't. You don't what? That's why I don't post and don't (laughs) put myself out there. (laughs) You see, for me, it's, it's all financial judgment, all of it. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, I'm going to just go ahead and say something. I, I was kind of reserved a little bit because you said maybe you do know where it's from and I do. 
<laughs> See, <laughs> I, the more we talk, I I, you're prying it out of me. But <laughs> I think, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid and seeing a little bit about uh, or seeing what my mom and dad kind of went through and people taking tabs on them. Yep. And then when my dad moved over, because he was full-time construction and then he switched over to bivocational, which just means he ran and pastored the church at the same time he ran his own business, construction, trimming houses, that kind of thing. And then there was a switchover, I believe in like the mid nineties where we financially as a church were able to just go ahead and bring him on and pay him as a full-time pastor. And with that, there are a lot of business men and women in the church, a lot of successful business women and men in the church. And I think there's this perception from leadership that it has to be ran like a business. And there's an element of that I agree with, but then it comes down to, oh, well, I don't see pastor's car in the, in the church driveway and it's one in the afternoon. Where's he at? Hmm. And I actually heard that from people and mm -hmm. I've heard my dad get questioned. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm like, man, that he's got to, he's got to be there. It's office hours. It's being in the church. It's being, you know, seeing that he's in there doing work or whatever it is. And so, so then, yeah, then it's back to that piece of, I don't want people to know where I'm at. Cause I don't want them to say, oh, well, he should be working or my family's going through a tragedy and I need him. He's out of town or you know, whatever it may be. And so that honestly, now that you kept prying, I, I got to the root of that. Well, it. we've already talked about that before and you forgot. I did forget. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to see if you were going to be vulnerable enough to share all that because that's real. Yeah. And the reason why for me, it's always financial is because I've actually heard the financial yeah. pieces. I drive a Lexus and a nice one now, but I used to drive a Lexus before that. And my previous Lexus was an O2. I bought it in 2012, 2013. You were with me, yep. 2013. And so it was already 11-year-old car, and I bought it for $6,000 cash. And people honestly had comments. Oh, yeah, at the time, Cornerstone must pay you real well because you can afford a Lexus. I'm like, the guy that judged me also had a brand-new Jeep that yep. he couldn't afford because he told me he was making payments on it, and then he had to give it up after a year. Yep. And he, he had the audacity... It to say that I'm overpaid and he worked for a, a Christian organization yep. that I'm overpaid because I, I drove a Lexus, but bought it with cash, had no payments. Then I sold that car last year for two grand, made two grand on it, it had over 200,000 miles. So I drove it into the ground and bought another Lexus, upgraded it to a 2015 and bought it all with cash, no payments because maybe I'm too frugal in this area, but finances is one of those things. Like, you know, Reg, when he was on the podcast, he talked about that story um, with his cousins, I think, and how we have this facade that if, because you're in ministry, you have to be poor. Right. And so their kids had to take on student loans. I I'm in this place where Julie and I have sacrificed in so many different areas. We put away nearly five grand every year into our kids' education that grows in a uh, education 529 plan. Yep. We've been doing it since 2016. Like we, we, um, sacrifice in a lot of different areas and have had financial people in our lives to help us so that we don't have to um, go paycheck to paycheck. So that when the pandemic happens, we're not scrambling for funds because we have an emergency savings account. Like we have been diligent and Julia and I drove like nearly 20 year old cars for 10 years. Yep. And people always have opinions. And so it's like, oh, can I go on this vacation? Because people will see, oh, that must be extra pay paid real well. You know what I mean? And it pisses me off. It really does. Yeah. Because people aren't there for the majority of the time where we sacrifice. Yeah. I'm, dude, I get it. And I know I sacrifice. And I would, 
probably answer anyone with a big fat middle finger. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, cause I know We're and the people that, that have my back know <laughs> yeah. what I put in, what I but, go through. And I know, and I, and we know, but, but why that's do why we I just don't about... want to put it out to the, for the world. The yep, few people I that I, it. guess what? There was a few people, I don't Oh shoot. Maybe I shouldn't say this cause I didn't send it to you. I don't think, but there was a few select friendlet that I actually sent out pictures while I was yeah, on great. vacation. I didn't get that. And I didn't get any the of those shark pictures. pictures. WTF. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> voices in the dark. Noted. Right? I just uh, removed you from my friends, <laughs> uh, my top six, my MySpace top six. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Wow. No, that, just that a couple hurts of a little them. bit. You know, I'm words of affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I should have sent them to you. No, but this is a real world. Like, yeah. I got, we got to get over it from a perspective of who cares. The people that have a judgment don't really know us. And why do we allow that to define us? And it might not be this, but you can relate to something. Why do, why do you have a feeling around a certain topic? Because somebody who doesn't have authority in your life has said something and you've allowed it to take cap captive of the way you think. Yeah. Dude, it, it, it it's just, these are the voices in the dark. Yeah, it is. Uh, like John, what we said, perception has become my reality. Yeah. And this is something that you have to conquer. I love it. Like Second uh, Corinthians ten five says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And I love the idea that you can't always control the thoughts you have, but you can control the thoughts that you hold on to. Yeah. And it's so important for us to kill the voice in the dark, the voices in our head that are negative, that are um, condescending, that are usually yourself. And John Scott put a Facebook post out this week. I saw it. Yeah. And he'll actually be preaching in our church the last uh, yeah. weekend Halloween, in October. the 31st. And he said this, if someone... If someone else said the things about you that you internally say about yourself, you would confront them. Maybe it's time to have a confrontation with yourself. And I love that because we are often our biggest enemies. We are often the, the, ty the type of person that because of legit realities in your life, circumstances in your life, you've created a voice that now is um, preventing you from walking in a destiny because of perceived judgment that you might receive from people in whatever area. Yeah. And so we wanted to encourage you to take captive that thought and make it obedient to Christ, to remind yourself of who you are, but also to address the reality that there might be voices in your head that you need to shut up. Yeah, and I love what John said there because, yeah, I would I would fight. I would throw down if someone was saying out loud some of the things that I say to myself. If someone else was saying that, yeah. And not only would I maybe call them out, I would hope that you know my friends would call them out. And if someone was saying something, I would go to you. I would go to, to some friends and I'd be like, Hey, did you hear what so-and-so said about me? Like, is that true or whatever? So why don't we do that now? Like, Hey, this is what I'm saying to myself. Am, am I, am I like that? Is that mm -hmm. truth? Or am I believing a lie or help me navigate through these thoughts and this, in this dialogue that I'm having with myself? Yeah. Cause there's might be some things because I do believe that, that God give us, God gives us that intuition and he allows us to have those processes, right? He's given us that mind that we have and the intuition and, and all of it that we have. And we could have different thoughts about certain things to process and think through, but it's then getting it aligned with, is it, is it right? Would it come, you know, like you said, make it obedient to Christ? Would it be something that Jesus would say about us as well? Would he align and agree with the thoughts or the things that you're saying or not? And then just bringing proper perspective to it. So, yeah. yeah. We need, we need people don't, we need those people in our life to be able to reach out to and talk things through as we're thinking it or saying it to ourselves for sure. For sure. And 
based on the last couple episodes where we talked about disappointment, I've had the several close people. I mean, talking about it on the podcast, but also talking to you outside of the podcast, talking about it with Cody, talking about it with my neighbor, Josh. Like we've had some good conversations with this and those conversations have been helpful for me. And if you don't have people in your corner, you got to get some people in your corner because you got to have people that believe in you because you can't always believe in yourself all the time, even though we believe that you can become that person that believes in yourself and that you have to believe in yourself because you're not always going to have people in your corner. But in every season of your life, you have to find those people to get in your corner to help you when you have disappointing or discouraging seasons. Dude, that is so good. And that is so right. Honestly, I'm going to put a plug right here this past week. Um, our friend Mikey, yeah. Mike Al Williams preached and it was fire. Like it was so good. You need to go listen. Hillcity.tv. You can go to our YouTube channel. It's um, Voices in the Dark week three. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, it will bless you. But she talks about in her message this past week, exactly what you just said, because she used the story of Lazarus mm-hmm. and how there were people around him. And one thing we don't focus on a lot of times in that story is we need to help unwrap people just like mm-hmm. Jesus said, unwrap him and let him loose. Like there were people around that had to get those grave clothes off of him to help him in the process. And she really talked about how we need to be those people for others to help them, to help them walk, to unwrap those things off their life, the negative mindsets, those false perspectives, um, that, that religious attitude, like we're supposed to come alongside and be that and be that help to them, right? I love that. Yeah, we're in the business of unwrapping and unwrapping in a lot of different areas. And so if you've lasted this long in this podcast, we don't have things for you again of like, here's how you conquer the voices in your head or here's what you need to do. We wanted to just address it to recognize that we all struggle with this to a degree. And maybe you need to just do some in-depth soul searching about the voices that you listen to, the voices that you allow to define you, to... Um, the voices that you allow to dictate what you do and who you do it with, because ultimately the voice that you listen to determines your destiny. Mm, So true. And if we're in the business of unwrapping religious grave clothes, or we're in the business of unwrapping whatever bull crap that we believe about yourself, like it's time for us to conquer these voices so that we can walk in what God has for us. Yeah. And I love that. And that's what you said, right? We're in the business we're of We're in the unwrapping. business of unwrapping. I'm going to do it. We're in the business of unwrapping part two this part week. Part two this Sunday. Talking oh. about you're worthy by faith, but right. asking the question and answering the question, who's faith? All right. So be somebody who's in the business of unwrapping. And with that, we'll just leave you with this. You're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 